Hello. Hey. Let, let's try this again. Hi. Hi, everybody. This is Deb Hart with Jill Johnson. I'm going to invite her in right now. Add viewers to your broadcast. There you go. Here you go. There you go. And welcome to... Uh, where are we? Humor, Grace, and Grief. Jill. Let's try one more time. I hope everybody here um, is going to a place in their heart and just thinking about what they want to talk about today. So, Jill... Johnson, Jill, Johnson. Well, we'll get there. You can tell this is not one of my fortes is working the camera and talking at the same time. Ah, Jill, come on up. Let's see. Jill Johnson, it's not doing it for me. Um, Jill's got a whole, there she is. Yes. Jill, right now. There you go. It's coming up. Okay. Hi, Jill. So sorry that I can't, uh, can't get you fast enough on here. I just apologize. We're all good. Yeah, we're all good now. Oh, I'm so glad. Um, I'm good. I have a lot of uh, changes going on right now. And uh, one of which is... You know when you're uncomfortable, but you can't quite put words to it. Well, that was me um, helping to lead the church. And so I talked to some other people who had more words than I did. And it clarified how I didn't feel like we were doing enough to support in these changing times and grief times, right? Um, people of color, women, people of whatever sexual orientation, and our particular little church through the ages, we say we would, but we didn't put enough. Uh, put enough out to it. And so after I listened to everybody, I wrote this letter to our congregation. I also posted it on Facebook. I think you may have saw it. And I said, it's a new paradigm. And it's not going back, which can be a real struggle for a lot of people. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So that's 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 what's going on. So as I'm bringing in change, 
and letting go of the old, there's still lots of questions, you know. A friend of mine who speaks said, so you're changing it up again. And, and I go, no, I'm not changing it per se. It's like I want you to be more connected inside to what you really believe in. Yeah. And, and that goes along with grief, right? Yes. You know, to be more connected when you are grieving is, is quite difficult. Mm-hmm. When you still have kids to raise or parents to take care of. Or, uh, or animals to take care of, or or you have a job, or whatever it is, you know, to be connected is so difficult. Yeah. So, so that's what's going on with me. How about you? Well, other than we're headed for the hottest weekend since 1944. <sighs> It's kind of where, where the pressure, I, I don't know if anyone, right, the heat is caused by a pressure dome over the Southwest and California is entirely enclosed. So it actually impacts moods and it impacts people's health um, and people with autoimmune diseases are feeling it. And it's mm-hmm. just and hot too. It's going to be about 115 tomorrow. So we're, um, there's just, there's nothing good about 115 degrees. And I don't care if we've got dry heat or wet heat, 115 is 115. Um, and, yes, yeah. I, I just wanted to to support that statement. Whenever, um, I, when I was a home nurse for numbers of years and whenever it was really hot out, um, all my patients with any kind of heart problems had a lot of difficulty. So right. if you have any heart issues, and back then, fibromyalgia and other autoimmune things weren't talked about as much, but people were suffering. And now, so here in the Midwest, when we go through stuff like that, it's yeah. it's horrible. It's horrible. We've had a long, hot summer already. I Because I the work I do in the dementia community, I'm linked to people in a lot of places in Europe because Europe is way ahead of the United States and how they handle dementia versus how we handle dementia. And mm-hmm. so they are talking about battening their gardens down for winter this weekend. It's cold. They're putting sweaters on. They're bringing firewood in. I'm just wishing I had some of that experience right now. I know when it's super cold this winter, I'm not going to feel that way. But right now, uh, I would give anything for an ice storm. Yeah. But it's, yeah. It's, it's sort of like... Of... Mm-hmm. No, go ahead. Go ahead. So many people who were locked in because our numbers are... We're starting to reopen, but the numbers are still high. And so we've got folks who can't, haven't been able to go out for a long time, and now they literally can't go out. And it's almost a shift in how they see it. It feels a lot more boxed, and they feel like they've lost a lot more. 
and uh, it's it's creating a lot, kind of a secondary grief. So I've been doing a whole lot of, let's see where we can find something that we can laugh about in this while we're dealing with the real impact of it, because it's not going to help any of us if we just stay serious the whole time. It's just not. Right, right. Um, you know, what you call cold in California, we call shorts. Yes. Shorts and t-shirt weather. And um, not quite as bad as Canadians, However, um, right now we're having a really wonderful cool spell till we go back into the 90s, which when you go back to the 90s will feel like a, a cold spell. That's, that's how it works. But, you know, there is that kind of certain almost claustrophobic feeling when you cannot leave the house. It's yeah. another thing to say, I choose not. But when you're told, it, it is claustrophobic. And yeah. my, my heart goes out to people like that. Um, and even in areas I, that don't normally get hot, like San Francisco is going to be 99 to 103 this weekend. That's crazy like, for San Francisco. They don't have air conditioning, a, a portion of them. And so this is going to be truly unbearable. It's going to be 100 in the mountains here where it really does get as cold as it does where you are. And yeah, we do have no, it's going to be 100 degrees in Big Bear this weekend. And so there's no escaping. There's no place to go. And mm -hmm. um, they're, they're even more locked in because they're truly not used to this kind of heat. Sure. You could laugh about, I, I, I'm doing a, a presentation next week with folks from across the country. And we were on a prep call yesterday. Two were from the Bay Area, and they said, yeah, it's going to be unbearable. And I said, yeah, but this is the time that we scare the tourists. And they both smiled. And everyone else on the call was yeah. like, what are you talking about? And I said, yeah, we call this earthquake weather. <laughs> the heat doesn't cause earthquakes, but we call it that, and it gets people's attention. It's kind of fun. Yeah. The yeah. only thing we can yeah. do. Yeah. You know, I, I want to address, if it's okay, yeah. talking about humor and one of the ways that you do humor is sort of almost like absurd gallows humor so let me explain for the listening audience what gallows humor is you know gallows of course are where they used to uh i'm sure you've seen it in movies especially monty python movies where our princess bride where you know, they're hanging you. And so who laughs about hanging, but just, they call that gallows humor. Mm -hmm. And uh, nurses, social workers, people who in the uh, policemen, firemen, when they are in the direst of listening or attending to or seeing the gruesomeness of life. Yes. That's when your brain just it sort of flips. In it's a it's an it can be an automatic mechanism where you flip into um well I'll give an example in my life that 
I would often say when we would have three or four people dying at once on, the flu, on our nursing floor, and I would, the nurses would turn to each other, and one of us would say, if one more person dies, I'll kill them. Right now, like that's a bizarre statement only made for nurses, right? That's not family because that sounds horrible. Um, a friend of mine who had attempted suicide, and I happened to be the one to reach her before anyone else, and she was, um, she, she lived, and the tension in me was so high i when the first thing i did when i saw her how how weird is this you ever do that again i'll kill you oh, i yeah. mean it was like you know you say these bizarre things and to break, so, to break the tension and within yourself and other people so absurd under times of stress is so important and absurd means gross exaggeration or gross minimization and you know people joke about their death that's i put the cartoon on today people are you flirting there's two ways to say you're flirting with death right are you flirting with me and you know another great example was since it's coming out bill and ted's i think it was their most excellent adventure where they wanted to cheat death and there was twister there was us i don't know if they were playing scrabble or cards i mean that's bizarre right right but it makes you catch your breath. We think it the same way. Say that again. We think it Bernie's very much the same. Exactly. Exactly. How bizarre. And those of us in the death and dying industry happen to know you can't make his arms move like that. No. After <laughs> you know, that's so bizarre. It's just that's bizarre. Not yeah, it doesn't work that way, but it for just for the moment, your brain is like scrambled and it makes you take a breath, and that's one of the most important things. Um, I know you have a book coming out, right? I can I mention you can and um what's uh, tell me the title again it's called the rebellious widow reclaiming right. life and love after loss it's and you have you talk about humor in there and how important that is and you also talk about how important it is just feeling okay, more than okay. It's not being selfish, it's focus. Yes. And, and you are focusing on that partner that is dying. And, you know, sometimes I think 
it's not only legal marriages, it's partnerships. Right. That when that person is um, not just leaving, um, leaving, uh, what's the word I want to say? Um, leaving each other on the physical plane. I don't mean like a business partnership. Transitioning. I mean, uh -huh. Yes. And when they're leaving, focusing because some people get offended. Why didn't you contact me? Why didn't, why aren't you reaching out to me and telling me what you want? Well, I, I can't affirm enough how not selfish that is. Right. That is focus. It's necessity. And it it's a necessity and it you need to put your focus there. So good for you for writing about this. And I love your writing style. I am going through stuff and sending you some stuff this afternoon. Oh great. And yeah. And I wanted to call attention to another book that you have that I use. Ah, here we go. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. You're in it too. Yeah. Yes, thank you. I, I, we have some different widows in our life around here and our, our cousin and uh, somebody else that is um, across the street. And so I've been listening to what you've been saying. And, you know, about every few weeks, I just put a little thing on their doorstep, you know. And for our cousin, our other cousin had died, Paul. Um, you know, a text with a picture right. means so much. Something that and says, remember them. And something funny about them. Something that you're going to carry with you about them. Right. Those right. things you file away and then you share at a moment when someone's just wondering if everyone remembers that somebody actually died. Because when an intimate partner dies, your whole world shifts. And everyone else kind of remembers that they died and or they do actively remember, but they're going home to regular houses and everything's right. the same. And the widow is going home to a totally different experience, surrounded right. by all these rules that we impose particularly on widows and yes. um so i think it's important that we make sure we mention those names and we call those folks so we leave the messages yeah that's i wrote the book um, so that people would be it, it's to prepare people who are going to become widows help the people around them give them the space and the grace and and allow them to do what they need to do because right. there's too much room for criticism that people think they need to share. Like that, right. that thing with, you know, focus. I had people who were furious with me and I didn't even know it because I didn't return phone calls the last few weeks that either of my wives were like, I don't return phone calls normally anyway. You have to text me to get me, but I'm definitely not going to return a phone call while someone I love is dying. I, I assigned the phone to someone else. They return the phone calls. They know what I would say. I'm completely mm -hmm. out. You know, I don't think this this culture, I don't know about other cultures, so I can only speak from this perspective, that there is not enough death etiquette. No. 
No. And, you know, and go ahead. In the South, when there's a funeral uh, procession, people pull over still. And they'll mm -hmm. even get out of their car, and if they see a flag in the hearse, they'll cross their hand over their heart, or they'll take their cap off their head. It, they don't know the person who's in that hearse. They don't know the people in that um, procession, but that family sees that they're getting respect, and it means the world to them. It does. It does. And here in our town, that happens maybe about half the time, not all the time. I think if you're over 50, you still remember to do that. Sometimes right. because hearses come and the lights aren't on and then they are, you, you're confused and so you just slow down and whatever. But, you know, yeah, it's, it's just so... Uh, we need Miss Manners, you know. Miss Manners says, pull over. Miss Manners says, you know. And it's the same thing when someone dies. It is not the responsibility of the person who's left to reach out to everybody. Right. You know, our lives aren't the same. And so we're adjusting. And, and you know, going in toward the primary griever, not out from the griever to everyone else. Mm -hmm. I have a question because I'm starting to look at things this way. I know when you wrote the book, it was uh, maybe it was uh, more pre-COVID and now COVID. Right. And I only, like, I think a lot of our books need um what's the word uh addendums this one's <laughs> gonna have, to have one yeah yeah I contacted my editor and said yeah we've i've only got a brief mention of covid we need to put a little i need to put a blurb in there for that because even expecting i think our friends and family to reach out to us when they're also doing grieving that has nothing to do with our loved one who died right it's almost like it's almost like you're getting cheated <laughs> you are it's like you don't get other people's attention because everybody else is grieving right and nobody can come over and nobody can come over yeah so you know it's almost like prison they can leave instead it through a slot in the door right they can yep. leave a casserole on the now i know people are doing safe distancing and drive-bys and things like that but it's almost like oh so the widow isn't only grieving the loss they're grieving another loss on top of that this can be called complicated loss <laughs> It is more complicated yeah. and it shouldn't, it shouldn't have to be, but the situation is. And from what I'm hearing from CDC folks, this is going to be going on for a while and we'll have more waves of this and we'll have to continue yes. to be careful whether we like it or not. And right. uh, so we're going to have to be starting to prepare for this is 
going to be the way of grief at times for some time to come. And we're going to have to be prepared for that. Yeah. Contact a therapist, please. Listening audience, don't wait for a crisis. Do Contact not. them. And if you're supporting someone who's losing someone or grieving someone, make sure that you are a presence one way or the other and that you're not right. always so serious. Let them have someone who's losing someone may be finding some funny in it. And the people that are not familiar may find that odd. In our house, we laugh when people are dying. And so did the people who are dying. And, you know, it, it's part of how you cope. We had a an uproariously funny sex moment when my first wife was dying, when my girlfriend Wendy and I were trying to figure out how to empty a catheter bag in the middle of the living room without making a mess. And so my wife was instructing us from her hospital bed two days before she died as to how to do this. She was laughing mm -hmm. too. We were completely inept. That should be allowed, but it, there were some people on the outskirts who thought that was maybe not so funny. You have to be there. You Let have to be laugh. there. Yeah. And, and as I've said before, the humor and the laughter rises organically. Inevitably, there's going to be somebody with no sense of humor. Always. And they are going to say, that's horrible, or that's disgusting. And what I say to those people, I think you need like a really good safe tickle somewhere. However, and how I talk a lot about how do you prepare for grief, not just when someone's dying, but how about while you're living now? Right. And, you know, initiate. If, if you don't know how to be funny, if you laugh at others, that is good enough. And I don't mean like making fun of somebody. I mean, can you appreciate absurdities? Can you appreciate extremes? Can you appreciate minimizations? Can you, you know, can you do that now? Practice now. Can you tell the fun stories? You know, I, I, yes, uh, I, I'm just so pleased with the people in my life, yourself included, that appreciate humor in any way, shape, or form, mm -hmm. and they get how important it is. And I, and I, I guess I choose to surround myself with people like that. That's your help. That's right. That's right. Um, for a little lighthearted humor, I also brought out uh, Grandma D's Bubbles. Love that book. I absolutely do. And unfortunately, my copy is in my office, which I haven't been to. Ah, well, um, I might have to rectify that and send it. Send you another copy, I at least. <laughs> yeah. And. Um, you know, it's it's just important to, and, and the way I approach death in that is using a metaphor of a bubble. 
because it covers every kind of death, you know, whether it's a human, a fur baby, yeah, you know, it, a snake. They're not fur babies, but they die, right? You know, so I, 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 uh, I think that's really important. And um, kids get that book. We have in my office. It's borrowed frequently when we were in the office because. Mm -hmm. my but my other staff would come and get it and read it with their littles. And they really, really got it. And they'd take it out and show it to their parents or grandparents in the waiting room because they, they, it's their level and they get what it means. Kids get grief and they get death and they do well with it if someone speaks their language. Exactly, exactly. I have to, in a children's library, a grade school one, she said, no, mom, you have to write it this way. No, mom, you have to write it this way. And I like, okay, I'm listening to you. Um, another resource I wanted to put out before we go and then is uh, this one, Grief Digest. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So our, our listeners can uh, just look up Grief Digest and they will find that they'll send it to you or you can get it online. It's, it's really wonderful. The other thing I wanted to remind people of is September 18th, right? Isn't that when we're doing, we are doing a memorial for pets. So barring that, you know, not everything fries up in your neck of the woods and you still have communications because I don't know what 115 degrees is going to do, but not I think you can. <laughs> no, you can roast vegetables for a couple hours at that temperature. We can take so, in the car, but we're not going to be in the car. No, no. Uh, yeah. You might have popcorn because I know you're growing corn. You might have popcorn, so think about that. I might. <laughs> one, one other thing I want to bring up is there is a free national teleconference on September 11th of all days um, about grief. It's being put out by the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Agency of the federal government. And it's got three tracks, one for school staff, one for community mental health staff, and one for just people in general. It's completely free. Um, and we've got mm -hmm. the, the page for this site and on my sites. But um, it looks really spectacular. They put it together in a great big hurry. So shout out to SAMHSA mm -hmm. figuring that out. And it's being coordinated in Wisconsin um, by the University of Wisconsin. They have a, a, some, a special program there that belongs to SAMHSA. But if you know people who are needing those kinds of things, the, the first day is September 11th, and it'll have, um, or 10th and 11th, it has introductory. And then in November, the same people, we're going to go back in and do interactive experiential stuff on the same track mm -hmm. so i signed up for both it looks like a good yeah. program isn't it yeah very good i know you're speaking on yeah now, yeah i'm doing are you the right person to meet are you reading your meeting your grief grief clients in the room in a way that they're going to want to stay with you basically um, right right but there's lots of there's some uh, the people I met yesterday who are doing their sections are doing some incredible stuff for all the different populations. So I don't, I don't think there's going to be a bad section, which is kind of cool. I, I am looking forward to it. Um, let's put that out one more time. If you don't mind reposting it 
and tagging me, and that would be great. Yeah. And Andrea, right. you're watching. She's a teacher. She's a cousin, and um, she's got teacher friends. So that would be something to share with her teacher peeps. Yes. Yes. Thanks so much again for sharing some time, Jill. And um, I I appreciate it. Like I said, I'm not the best with technology. I'm like, I can't get on the right page. What am I? And then I figured it out. You know, it's like mini losses before I even get to the loss. Thank you so much, Jill. I'll be sharing this on my page and you'll be sharing this. And I hope it provides people with some resources today. Come back next week, everybody, and send us any comments or questions you want us to talk about. All right. Bye-bye, dear. Bye. See you later. Bye-bye.